Hi everybody. Uh, James has asked me today to share about God's word to Moses. Um, found in Exodus 33, around about verse 14 actually. And it's to do, basically the scripture says, My presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Anyway, these are some of my thoughts. And uh, they're probably centering more on presence and his rest. I'll just read this passage of scripture again. So I'll go from verse 13, I think. If I have found favour in your eyes, teach me your ways so I may know you and continue to find favour with you. Remember that this nation is your people. The Lord replied, My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Then Moses said to him, If your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? You know, Moses was hungry for the presence of God, even more than rest. I think he knew that if he functioned out of God's presence, then rest would naturally happen. Presence and rest rest are strongly linked. And as I've been reflecting on this promise of God to Moses and about the journey the Israelites embarked on, over the 40 years from Egypt to the shores of Jordan and the Promised Land, I realised that it must have been hard slog, hard work, walking pretty much every day, setting up tents, taking tents down, setting up tents, taking tents down, walking, collecting food, manna, quail, cooking it. You know, they needed places and spaces of rest on their way. Then, of course, the final rest when they went into the promised land. That was the promise. On the journey, they obviously had places of rest as the Lord's presence was with them. They set up the tent of meeting the tabernacle, as James shared last week, and I think that probably added to the work, but it also provided a place where the Lord would reside. They had fire by night and cloud by day, and in the fire and the cloud, God's presence was with them. Let's go back to the beginning when God created the heavens and the earth. In Genesis 2, 2, it says that he rested on the seventh day. After working hard for six days, God resting? He provided an example for us to follow, I think. In Exodus 20 verse 11, as part of the Ten Commandments, the Lord said that he rested on the seventh day and he blessed it, the Sabbath, and he made it holy. The Lord told his people, the Israelites, to collect food, manna and quail, enough for each day of the week. But on the sixth day, collect enough for the seventh, because that was the day of rest. 
These are really my thoughts. So I hope they're making some sense. You know, if God needed to rest, then I think we probably do too. Man has been designed, certainly since the fall, to work and to rest. Our bodies need rest. It's part of the shalom rhythm. His presence and his rest are intrinsically linked. You know, the journey the Israelites were on required them to keep their eyes totally fixed on God. As mentioned, they had the fire by night and the cloud by day. As followers of Jesus, we need to do the same, especially during these days with so much going on, men's opinions, all sorts of theories about everything. Um, we need to fix our, guy, our eyes on Jesus. He is the light of the world, and he has come. So today I believe this light equates to the fire when the Israelites were crossing into the promised land. Plus the Holy Spirit, which is represented, I believe, of the cloud. So we have our fire in the light of Christ, and we have our cloud through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit who would teach us and speak to us and give us the power and the energy to do the work that we are called to do. Of course, it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. You know, I love what David and Anna shared last week, and they concluded by saying, we must listen to him, that's Jesus. We must build our lives on the word, the truth. We must tr trust, put our trust under his shadow, the shadow of his wings. In Proverbs it tells us to trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not to your own understanding, all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. As I mentioned, resting and presence are linked. A bit of a personal testimony here. Something special really happened to me back in 2006. In fact, it was the 22nd of September. This is something that I've shared recently with our Kingdom School of Ministry students, and I know that I've mentioned it probably here in the church before. What I have been doing is that each day, for me it's in the mornings, I go down to my tent of meeting, that is a lounge, where I have my quiet time. In fact, that's the room where the, the vineyard church started, our church started. And I sit down there, I lie on the floor. Sometimes I walk around the room because I've got the whole room to myself and I, and I worship. But generally I'll sit down and lie down. And what I do is I invite the Holy Spirit to come. And I ask him to come and prepare the place, to prepare the space, to prepare my heart because I want to have communion with my Heavenly Father. So I just stay in that place and it's like a positive and negative of a magnet because it comes to a time when these two poles link up and I'm just in that place of total rest, that place of his presence. And yes, I do wait. I wait until he comes. Things might come to my mind during that time, so I'll jot those down, but generally I'll dismiss those. And that, the Holy Spirit can bring those to my attention later on. But he comes...
and I allow my Heavenly Father to just lavish His love on me, His Son. And it's a beautiful time because I come away from that place feeling refreshed. I feel His peace. I feel shalom. I guess, to be honest, I'm actually still learning this. I'm still learning to abide with Him and to rest in Him. Isaiah 40, verse 31, it says, They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. And I do find that. When I look back over the last few years of my life, I just... Um, the journey that we've been on, I don't think that I would have been able to make it without having those places of rest, places of resting in his presence, letting him lavish his love on me. You know, King David understood something really special, and uh, I'm going to share a little bit about this. It's revealed in Psalm 37, verse 7, and you've heard this probably many times. It says, Rest upon the Lord and wait patiently for him. I like what Bill Johnson says in his book Face to Face. And it's been such a encouraged encouragement to me over the years. The word rest used in this psalm means one of two things, depending on the context. One is to literally be still as it is in the English language. But the other one means to take a leisurely walk. It's like it was, it's just like it would have been in the Garden of Eden. That's how I imagine it. Adam taking a walk with God in the cool of the evening. Now this is a beautiful illustration of the true rest found in a right relationship with our Father God. It's a beautiful thing. And it's something that a practice that I've adopted too when I when I have my walks. I go for many walks. You know, here's something interesting. This was actually under the old covenant. But it has now been restored through Jesus our Lord. And it really is an amazing thing that David understood the power of waiting under the old covenant. It means that striving is over. No more striving, Martin. No more striving. It really can come. We really can come into our Father's presence any time and rest with Him. A true father-son, father-daughter relationship. We don't have to fight for His attention anymore. I just really love it. You know, beautiful thing that Jesus only ever did what his father told him to do. He spent time with his daddy. He got instructions from him. He spent time with him. Mary and Martha. Luke 10, 38, 39, 42. You know, I think Mary really understood this too. She sat at Jesus' feet. Instead of rushing here and rushing there and doing this and doing that, like Martha, and I think Martha was probably quite needs-oriented, Mary chose the best place. She was learning that working from a place of his presence is as much more effective, was much more effective 
than working for his presence. His presence is much more effective yeah, than working for his presence. Maybe I should rephrase that. She was learning that working from his presence is more effective than working for his presence. Be still and know that I am. Just a just a quick thing here. Um, I was reading through the scriptures again from Exodus three three. The burning of the bush or burning bush encounter. I'll just read these verses out. Because I think Moses understood something special here too. The angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of the bush. Some looked and beheld the bush. So he looked and beheld the bush. The bush was burning with fire, but it was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight. Why is the bush not burned? So when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, Lord, here I am. You know, I think there's a real lesson here. God's highest purpose is often not in front of us, but it could be, as in Moses, to one side, requiring us to turn aside to meet him. Some of God's calls are not in front of us. In the, in the call is a test. Are we willing to change our course or interrupt our plans then to ser- turn aside to listen to him? Be sensitive. Like Moses, I believe we need to be sensitive to the calls. Don't be too busy to turn aside. You know, when God saw Moses turned aside and gave him his full attention, Moses gave God his full attention, he called him. I think he knew that this was a man that he could trust and work with. I think this is what Jesus loved about Mary too. She gave Jesus, she gave Jesus her full attention. She sat and listened to him. So the striving is over. Be still and know that I am God. I really believe that we have been designed to function out of his presence and rest, shalom, will naturally take place. Well, they seem to go hand in hand. They do go hand in hand because they are, in fact, intrinsically linked. I guess there are many similarities with with our journeys in in our life to that of the children of Israel. Like Moses said to God, how will the people know that you are pleased with me and that you are with us unless you go with us, unless your presence goes with us? His presence causes us to shine before men, especially during these dark times. And of course the Lord said to Moses, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest.
My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. I'm just going to share a word that that I got a few weeks ago, or actually, in fact, it was probably last week, a week before. On Wednesday, the 1st of September, I shared this with our ministry school students as we were discussing realms of his glory. And I feel it would be good to finish on this. It was in my quiet time, my tent of meeting, first day of spring. I had just asked the Lord to increase my understanding of what it means to experience his glory, the spheres and realms of his glory. Father, please help me to share what you are showing me with your kingdom school of students tonight. Oh, how I love you, Lord, and I'm feeling your presence here this morning, and it is so lovely. My meditation of you shall be sweet. I will rejoice in you. Yes, I do. Then I started to sing that song, The Realms of His Glory. Oh, Lord, you must laugh at me. I'm I'm a funny fellow. That's what I said to the Lord. Then I sensed the Lord say this to me. It came as a complete surprise. Martin, my son, I enjoy laughing with you. Just relax and enjoy my presence as I'm enjoying yours. It's really not complicated. It's about us getting to know each other and to enjoy each other's company. This is all I ever wanted, to have a relationship with my people. I want you to enjoy me. No striving, because you are my son, and I want you to have everything good that I have planned for you. I want it to be yours. Yes, I am singing over you and sheltering you. In this state, there is shalom, and my glory rests on those who love me and love my son. It's like a state of reflection of my love and grace. People sense this and see it on you as your children, as my children. My glory increases as your love for me and your love for other and others increases. It is how it is meant to be. Heaven is my residence. Well, heaven, my residence, is surrounded in an atmosphere of glory. And this is reflected to those I love on earth. As my son Paul has written, you are being transformed from glory to glory. This is a process I have designed, and it is for you, for all of my children. As you go about as you go about my business, not busyness, on earth, you shine. Yes, I've called my people to arise and shine for my son. The light has come to you. And my glory and that of my son is risen upon you. As you go, I will be with you, reflecting my love and my grace. It's a beautiful, some beautiful words there. I thank you, Father, for that. I felt the Lord saying that in this age, in this time, that he's opening our eyes to understand things previously hidden. Then he said to me, my son, relax and enjoy being, abiding, doing the things with me as a father and a son would do. And I said, thank you, Lord.
So that's pretty much all I've got today. And I'd just like to pray um, a blessing over you, over everybody that's listening to, to, to this. Presence. Rest. Rest comes out of presence. The same with power and glory. It comes out of presence. It comes out of spending time with our Father. It comes out of us letting Him know us and lavishing love, His love on us, just like He did with His Son. So people, the, the Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make His face to shine upon you. The Lord be gracious to you and fill you with all peace. And may His countenance be reflected from you because you are being lights in this world. Amen.